0: Welcome to the Vegan Changemaker Podcast. My name is June Fuchs and I'm on the quest to veganize over 50% of the global human population by the year of 2030. Sounds delusional? Well, obviously I can't do it alone and that's why in this podcast you're getting to meet some of the most influential, inspiring, and impactful vegans there are. May this episode help you create more vegan impact in the world, because we need your help as well, dear vegan friend. Aloha, beautiful listeners to the Changemaker podcast and to all of you who are watching this on YouTube. Today, I'm having another uh, special guest with me here on the podcast episode. His name is Federico Petrelli. I've connected with him on Facebook, and I was inspired by his personal life journey and his story because he's also currently a mindfulness coach and what you are working with with your people is really beautiful. So you're not only working on mindfulness and personal growth, but you're also having a dystonia recovery coaching um, program set up, which I'll be asking you more about later. But first, I want you to know a little bit about him. He has it written out on his website so beautifully. I decided to just read that out to you. So his story is that he was working at the United Nations with a neurological disorder appended life as he knew it. The plan he had for himself that life on autopilot wasn't an option anymore, but written for months at a time, he contorted in a, in painful spasms and wished he was dead. And um, I can relate to that, by the way, <laughs> not to the spasms, but to the suicidal aspect of it so that is when he learned the most valuable lessons in his life looking beneath the constant chatter in his mind he discovered he could meet his suffering with a love rather than aversion this shift in perspective allowed him to observe and rewire his nervous system giving him his life back so his purpose today is to help others on their path to a more present open-hearted Wholesome life so uh very happy to have you here today Federico
1: (laughs) thank you so much for having me Joan it's a pleasure to be here with you
0: absolutely vice versa yeah so the reason why I reached out to you is obviously because I read that and I was inspired and I was like I would love to have an open talk with you on my podcast to just kind of like talk about our personal life stories Because I know that a lot of people out there, because I focus on vegans, most people listening and watching this are vegans and or activists. And I know that a lot of us are going through a lot of shit next to our vegan awakening or our activism journeys. And so I thought it would be nice to just have somebody to have a, a discussion with or a talk with on a life journey that some people might relate to. So um, I would love for you to share a little bit with us on when you started discovering that there was a shift happening. I don't want us to go too deep into the dark, dark space, right? But like, mm-hmm. you can explain a little bit on how that felt for you when you were in this hopeless place and thinking to end your life. And when you were getting closer to that shift, do you want to dive in into that with us a bit?
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um and first of all, let me say that I'm so happy to be in a vegan space that you created. Um, it it feels good. It feels uh, it feels like home. Um, and you know, I think we have something in common as vegans that we are open to to feeling compassion. We are open to feeling to to being moved by um, the suffering of others. So um, it's beautiful to have a, a space that that connects us in in that. Um, Mindful way that um, that you embody and uh, illustrate so well, but let me answer your question. Um, the main thing that was happening for me was that my nervous system wasn't doing what it was asked to do, and so more and more I found myself unable to do um, the things that were really considered, uh, you know, the most basic. In my life, um, sitting at a desk to work, um, then you know, running, then walking, then chewing, and later speaking, my muscles just weren't um, responding uh, the way I expected them to, and uh, instead they were contorting um, in those painful spasms, and you know, it wasn't something life-threatening. But that wasn't really life. And uh, the natural kind of immediate reaction that we all have when we're faced with suffering is aversion. We say, no, 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 I don't want this. This sucks. This is awful. Let me think about something else. Let me distract myself. Let me, um, you know, drown myself in something that will numb the pain for me. Um, and I found out that at a certain point, even that resisting, Was just too exhausting. Um, And so, you know, at a certain point, instead of sitting in bed and thinking about all the things that, you know, my classmates from university were doing and I wasn't able to do and uh, um, all the things that I should be doing and the things that my parents expect me to do and all of that, um, and feeling kind of sorry for myself, I just decided to, you know what, now I have to give up in a sense. I have to surrender. I have to just be with what is. And to my amazement, I discovered that when you surrender, when you open up to your experience rather than resisting it, um, you can actually begin learning from your experience. You can begin understanding what is going on for you and a whole space of freedom opens up because you're able to listen to something deeper and you're able to respond wisely rather than react um, through the emotional autopilot um, that, that we all develop, you know, growing up um, and, and going through life. And that's kind of, you know, the beginning of that spiritual shift where I really began um, understanding that the way I was living life um, wasn't necessarily the only way to, uh, to do it. And that, um, again, when you're able to meet Your experience with with compassion, making space for it, uh, there is transformation that is possible. And so the transformation for me, you know, was multifaceted. First of all, I was able to learn what patterns my brain was using in, you know, in the way it employed the muscles um, in the body. And I was able to understand what parts of me were overused, what parts were underused. And, Slowly downregulate the first and upregulate the second. And uh, if you were, if it were, um, installing new softwares in the way um, I inhabited my own body, and little by little, you know, that ended up being the mechanisms that I used to uh, relate to trauma that um, I developed over the years. You know, facing homophobia, rejection from family, um, you know, you name it, um, and This is the essence of what I ended up offering to to people, uh, to clients and students, uh, both through the dystonia offering. How do I connect to myself so that there is more wholeness? Um, And also to the people um, that reach me through mindfulness work and meditation instruction and all of this, it's about wholeness. How do I Welcome more of my experience with uh, with compassion and presence, so that I can be more fully myself, so I don't have to push away the parts of me that um, that maybe I've been conditioned to um, to run away from.
0: Yeah, because all of that is a part of your experience that you're here to experience, right? And I really love the way you say, surrendering and accepting that process accepting that part that's happening right now and making it an experience because that's what it is like once we open the door to accept that something is happening to us that maybe doesn't feel likable maybe it doesn't feel lovable yet maybe it doesn't feel like we want this right now if we if we manage to overcome this thought pattern and just open the doors into that space and are like okay well I might need to lay down for two weeks now and don't do anything but look inwards and feel myself okay okay that might suck because I was planning to do xyz and this and that but at the same time let me open that space That's where I can also relate to some beautiful experiences, like a mid ear infection that came from surfing. And it went so deep that when I would touch myself on the bottom of my left side neck, it would hurt like hell. So I went to a retreat space um, further up in the um, more mid section of Bali. I live down South now, and it was super calm there in the jungle. And I just laid for almost two weeks and I fasted and I laid and I was breathing and I, didn't do shit if you would call it that but at the same time I was investigating and healing you know by creating that space so so beautiful how you said that and I believe that a lot of us vegans out there can relate to that from other personal processes because that's really the door I want to open in this episode here is I want to open up that being a vegan and an activist in this world brings its challenges, but it's not the only challenges that it brings. We all have our own crazy, weird, interesting things that are happening and that we need to have a a conversation with somehow that we need to have a new relationship with. If we want to keep showing up as vegans and activists in this world and keep functioning, we got to open these doors. So I'm wondering, because originally I also reached out to you to talk about our own individual journeys with like coaching. How did we understand that this is an interesting concept and how did we develop ourselves into this role and create a business like that? Because for both of us, it's based on our own absolute 100% authentic life experiences, right? Like there's a lot of people out there that study stuff like we do and that offer that from study bases which can be both great or terribly misleading. Same like people like us, you know, can be great or uh, terribly misleading. But what I always really value is when someone like you, Federico, sits in front of me and can tell me, I went through this shit and I figured some stuff out and I experimented it on my own body. And then I figured out that for other people, it functions similarly. So why would I withhold that gift (laughs) of realization from them? Um, tell us a little bit about this first moments where you realize, oh, I have this this gift, I want to start sharing this, And maybe the moment you signed your first client, maybe the moment the first couple of people came through to you on social media, how was that?
1: Yeah, so that's uh, such a great question. Um, you know when it comes to neurological disorders and, you know, it goes well beyond dystonia to, you know, temporomandibular joint dysfunction and, uh, um, you know, dysautonomia and uh, ALS, a bunch of things. Um, There is this expectation in Western medicine that, uh, you know, you go to a doctor and the doctor is going to do something to you and you're going to be better. And with neurological disorders um, and kind of diseases of the nervous system and so on, the key component is that you are the one who has to do the work, right? You have to do the work of re-inhabiting your body and no one else can do it for you. And so we are not ready for this. We're not programmed to think this way. We are not um, taught to expect that this is a possibility, Um, that when there is a wound, we can actively work to heal it and a lot of vegans perhaps you know came to veganism because of health reasons in the beginning where they realized, oh I don't need you know a doctor to prescribe ten different types of medication to bring down my cholesterol and uh, uh, normalize my blood sugar and and all of this. And so I realized that there is really a need to help people. Um, do the work that I was describing earlier? How do I re-inhabit my body from the inside out? Find out what parts of me I'm shutting out and what parts of me I'm, I'm overusing. And uh, no one really um, offers this. And, and so at the beginning I was afraid that people would uh, accuse me of wanting to you know make money off of the backs of uh, um, sick people and things like that. And then at a certain point you know, I I let go of that as well, and I decided to to just you know post um, you know um, as much as I uh, as I felt was appropriate at any given time in relevant groups and so on, and saying you know this this is how I did it. I was in bed. I couldn't speak. I couldn't walk. Um, I did it this way. You want my help? Please join. And uh, I must say that generally speaking, the the reactions were. Um, were very positive. And so, um, I ended up signing my first client, uh, through, um, one of these Facebook groups and, um, it ended up being, you know, um, an extremely transformative relationship for both of us in that, you know, I really began to, uh, to come into my role as, um, as a coach, uh, as someone who, you know, cheers someone on in their journey of recovery, um, and, and gives them the tool to, to do the work of, um, of growing and transforming. And, um, this person actually ended up, uh, moving from, uh, France to, uh, Canada where I live right now, uh, (laughs) to continue working with me and with some other, uh, professionals, but, um, but, yeah, um, this is uh, this is the story, and um, I think, as you say, when we have a gift, when there is something that you know answers a need that comes from authentic experience, um, it often fulfills a niche that is not served uh, by the existing um, frameworks. And so, um, you know, if um, if we have it, we need to share it.
0: amen if we have it we need to share it and I agree so much and the reason why I wanted to ask you this question and why I wanted to zoom in on coaching in this episode is because I realized for myself that the moment I started engaging more as a coach for people and as a mentor I also realized that that benefits my own vegan presence, my advocacy, the way I communicate to people. And with that, may I leave impact as a vegan and as an activist in this world. And so what you've just said, you just said, if you have it, you got to give it. If you have that gift, you got to share it. And I want us all to just make this shift right now in this moment that you're listening or watching this of understanding going vegan, it's a transformation. It's not like just oh yeah it's it's a small thing no you do that and then for the rest of your life that remains a story people will keep asking us they do right they're like why did you go vegan um what, what what was hardest to give up or i could never or whatever you know and then you're like well actually it is just a shift you know you're walking through a process it is a shift and as you have walked through that you have accumulated a sense of wisdom that again is a gift to the world. So I started viewing all of the Southern vegans that were sharing their wisdom or that were helping other people transform from non-vegans or not yet vegans into that state of veganism. Um, they're sharing a gift, they're sharing an experience there. And there are people that do that as a professional coaching business, there are activists that do that just from the heart and soul all the time as much as they can, until they run into a burnout. (laughs) Right. And there's all of these different layers on how we can do that. And I think what I want all of us to understand is being vegan, And having walked through that process is a gift to the world. So be aware that you can share that, but also be aware that you um, can be humble around it. You know, it's not something you need to force on people because people seek transformation anyway, if they know it or not. At some point they will come through if they're truly seeking a shift. And most people do, most people want to become healthier. Most people want to become more compassionate, right? So viewing ourselves as vegans is also something that, hey, we have something to share. And if we manage to come from that point of view instead of the point of view, I need to force my change that I walk through onto you right now, which obviously we all understand because every day that somebody doesn't, you know, isn't vegan means there is more suffering contributed to our animal friends. Obviously, it's a it's a challenging thing where we have to grow some emotional resilience to manage through it. But at the same time, we're having this gift of the experience that we walk through. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight that out and to give this new point of view to all of our vegan friends out there. Right.
1: Yeah. And you know, what, what you say um, makes me think of, um, of the fact that, a lot of us uh, who who are moved by the suffering of, of animals um, have this disposition towards empathy, towards um, compassion, I should say, but often towards empathy. Um, difference being that, you know, with compassion we're able to um, to witness and feel um, somebody's suffering uh, without necessarily going on a ride that exhausts us, right? Um, and with empathy, we do go on that ride. And so um, it's, I guess, one of the biggest gifts that we can share as vegans is, in my eyes, the ability to show um, others that you, know, you can let yourself be touched by the suffering of, um, of a pig who lives in a tiny crate. Um, and uh you know is swimming in her excrements her entire life. Um that you know that animal wants to live and be happy uh just like you that it has you know a family uh just like you and 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 so on um that you can do all of this without being destroyed by the suffering that you that you witness and so that training of uh, you know, moving from empathy to compassion and uh, and sharing, you know that hey, this is how I do it. It can be done. Um, you don't have to feel bad about yourself for not being vegan up to this point or what have you. You don't have to um, let yourself be crushed by by that suffering. You can be with it and align your choices with um, with what you see and feel um, over time to me that's the most valuable gift that we can offer as we as we share
0: yeah yeah couldn't agree more to that and one thing that comes up for me when when i look back like on my journey with with becoming vegan and stuff it's been a real it's been a long transformation And I was vegetarian two and a half years before that. And I had some people around me that were vegan. And I think I told this story before somewhere in a video or something, but I'll keep it short. There was this one vegan who was showing up in my life. He was an activist and he showed up in an extremely random place. Um, One train all of a sudden stopped. I was on my way back home from work as all the other uh, 500 people on that train (laughs) or even more, you know. And then we stopped all somewhere in the middle of nowhere and we had to get on buses to get us to the city where the main train station was. And as we were waiting on buses, there was this guy far of, in front of the street doing like thumbs up, you know, like um, lifting, trying to get a lift. And in Switzerland, you don't see people do that. Everybody is managed, everybody is arranged, you know? And he was kind of like this kind of hippie style, groovy person, mid mid 40s or something or mid 30s, I don't even know anymore. Um, today he's actually a dear acquaintance of mine, but back then I didn't know him. So I walked up to him and I was like, what you're doing is cool. I'm going to join you. So I did the same thing because those buses were always full, right? They were always filled. And then the next one, and we waited for and We waited and we waited all of a sudden we get this lift and that person picks us up, you know, and then they drive us to the city. And then in that car, we have a conversation and I was vegetarian and I was off eggs at that time of eggs and hardly any milk because i just kind of like started puzzling the pieces together after two two and a half years of vegetarianism and all of a sudden he goes like i'm vegan i'm a vegan activist and i go like i would never do that (laughs) you know and he was like well that's okay two months later i was vegan two months later i was vegan You know, the beautiful thing was, I'm getting goosebumps on my back as I say this. The beautiful thing was like, he understood that I was walking the walk already. And he didn't feel the need to push or to force because he saw this drive happening anyway. And if you can see a person walking their walk, hold space for that walk. Mm. Because If you don't, they might shut down and it might take them years longer to get vegan.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%.
0: Yeah. So blessings to you, Tom. Shout out if you're definitely listening to this. Yay, Tom. This is to you, Tom. He's such a passionate animal rights activist, like really, really engaged. Beautiful soul. That's and such a um, beautiful story. Yeah, he held that space. And that kind of made me go like, he's an activist. He's fully out there. He was talking to me about demonstrations. Later, a year later, I was in demonstrations with him. I was working with him for an animal rights organization he has co-created and stuff. And so beautiful bond, you know. So I think when we manage to hold space for somebody's process with also that sense of compassion, but not the emotional reaction, right? We're always having this emotional reaction to what we see out there. And then we can either choose to act directly from that emotional reaction oh you're not vegan fuck you then you know you shit face or yeah. we can react from a place of compassion and feel like okay well I'm, I'm feeling a bit of anger right now but i'm not gonna act from that i'm just gonna hold the space for my anger yeah i'm gonna hold the space for this person with their opinion for now and i might drop a sentence that might sink in a little bit you know something a bit of like well I thought the same thing um, years before, but today I'm actually grateful that I'm vegan. And then they're going like, why the fuck would you be grateful for giving up those great foods? And at some point later on, they may be like, oh, I dig it. I get it, you know? So the emotional response, and you said it so nicely, coming from empathy and going from there to compassion. And here's what I think help also elevates us as vegans and our impact in the world when we do that we make ourselves become capable to stay in it for the long run, right? I think like we can manage to stay in it for the long run if we are not consistently burning on these emotions, but manage to hold space for them, maybe in that discussion or outside of it, right?
1: 100%, you know, my yeah. my teacher Tara Brock talks about responding rather than reacting. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what you're, what you're um illustrating here is, uh, okay, I noticed that there is an emotional reaction, Um, I don't have to go with it, I can recognize it, doesn't mean I have to act on it. And, uh, and then I can really, you know, assess the situation and find my wisest response, knowing that the person in front of me could have been me in the past before I realized and made the transition and so on. Wow, you mentioned your teacher, what's her name again, Tara? Tara Brock, Yeah. Um, Well, Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield and a few others, but those are uh, the two main ones. Yes.
0: Wow. Beautiful. Um, This brings me kind of like to another question that I intended to ask anyway. So like, I was wondering if you're open to share a bit about your valuable experiences with bringing in people that you consider teachers, because I know when we were growing up at school, we had teachers all over the place, but we were just assigned to them as they were assigned to us. Nobody was asked, do you like this person? Do you want to learn from them? You know, it was yeah. just how the, contra- the the society construct works and is built. But once I realized that I had a choice in choosing who I want to learn from, I was like, whoa, I can really thrive and learn from those people that I truly vibe and resonate with. So how was that for you? The first, let us let's share a little bit about the first experience you had with being mentored by somebody you chose to be mentored by.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm reminded of um, of something a little bit different, but um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the incredible um, gay writer, Armistead Maupin, um, the author of uh, Tales of the City, um, and, uh, you know, that whole ecosystem in San Francisco. Um, anyway, beautiful books, but um, in those books, you know, he has all these queer characters that find their home in San Francisco um, in the 70s and 80s and, you know, all the way up to this day. But um, he talks about uh, one's logical family as opposed to one's biological family, right? Um, And I love that so much. Um, And so it's kind of the same thing with, with the teachers and, you know, finding your tribe and finding the people that you really admire. And I think for a lot of us, you know, there's really a need to to find the the figures that we can look up to and admire and and learn from and want to, um, in a way, um, you know, imitate and um, and so on. Many of us, you know, in many aspects of our lives, especially those of us who are who are queer, haven't gotten the models um, in terms of parental figures or. Um, um, you know, um, teachers and, and um, just, you know, anyone who could model uh, what it could be for us to be, you know, the healthiest, fullest, uh, most uh, kind of heartfelt version um, of, of ourselves. And so the process has been for me and still continues to be, can I find someone who, who wants to live, Authentically, who wants to um, look within um, and not shy away from from the difficult questions? Who uh, who doesn't want to run away from uh, you know from from the hard stuff, um, but rather wants to live in alignment with the truth that we aren't different, we aren't separate. Um, we are really, you know, waves of the of the same ocean, as uh, Tikhonat Han would uh, would say. Um, and this kind of quest brought me to a lot of people that I met online, um, and kind of courses that uh, that I'm taking and have been um, taking for a while, like you know, the certification uh, in in mindfulness. Uh, uh, um, teacher uh, this mindfulness teacher training and so you know tara Brack and jack cornfield are two kind of leaders in in, in the field um, but um my mentor um within the context of the course um you know is someone who kind of just synchronistically and kind of serendipitously um showed up um in my life i was kind of drawn to her um but um you know i didn't know just how much um I would be able to learn from her and just how much her experience would um, translate into valuable tools for me that are actionable, that help me transform my life. And so you asked about what the experience of mentoring um, has been, and it's really been this um, this recognition that, wow, there are people that have walked you know, in shoes that are at the very least, very similar to mine and have cleared the path of clarity and, uh, and understanding and growth. And, okay, I can, I can learn from this. I can benefit from this. And, uh, um, and it doesn't mean that I have to put them on a pedestal or imagine that they're perfect or that, you know, um, but, the really good ones won't even pretend like they have to be on a pedestal, right? They'll, they'll use the difficult parts of their experience to to show you, okay, here's how I deal with the difficult stuff. Here's how I, um, here's how I work with it. So they don't try to kind of leapfrog over the the difficult stuff to show you this perfect image of themselves. Um, and um, and so you know, this is one of the signs that that shows me, okay, this is someone that that I can really. Um, learn from so I hope this answers your question Um, uh, you know albeit in a longer uh, format than you had perhaps expected
0: no absolutely not and yes it did answer (laughs) it didn't blow the format and yes it did answer Um, and I can relate so much like I used to be addicted to video games and to a lot of anime series. And what I realized later on is that I was um, trying to find a way to live something that I didn't think I could live in my own life, like hide in a hero story of a fictional character. And what I realized later on by reflecting on these these specific video games that I played and the specific anime series that I used to watch, there was always this concept of, you know, an underdog, somebody who is kind of like being bullied, somebody who has not been accepted, finding his way to thrive at some point. And he's always being mentored through these amazing senseis. Naruto is an example. Maybe you're familiar with it. And then you have these ninjas and they have the senseis, they have their mentors. and um, And also in the video games, I would always look up to these mentors because they were not untouchable because you knew they would work directly with the people, but they would just, be these books of wisdom that walk around and that have walked through experiences. And I looked up to that so much. And then at some point when I hired my first in life mentor to guide me through a process, I was like, oh, that's exactly the same thing. That's exactly, that feels like this really cool feeling that I had every time when I would like play a video game and be like, oh, that's, this is a mentor archetype in a video game. Oh, I have somebody in real life right now. That's cool. And so I started investing most of my money actually into that, into mentorship. And sometimes it even get, gotten to the point where I went broke because I invested so much money in it. I was like, I don't have any money anymore, but I'm learning so many great things.
1: <laughs> yeah. and that allows you to make money later, right? Exactly. Uh, it allows you to. Yeah
0: exactly exactly that's the bigger picture that's the long run yeah um for me i've covered all the bases with you that i wanted to talk about and you're a phenomenal speaker like i'm hanging on your lips darling when you're talking it's really oh, beautiful
1: that's so kind of you thank you so much and yeah uh, you know it's mutual and uh, it's it feels so good to to uh, be in dialogue with you so um i look forward to the next one
0: Absolutely. And everybody who's listening or watching, if you want to be in touch with Federico again, or more or further, or even feel like you want to have him as a mentor role for you, I'll leave you with all the links to his contacts. Um, I reached out to him on Facebook. So I'll leave you to Facebook. He has a really beautiful website. I say that because the content is amazing. And I used to study graphic design. It's very pretty. So just take a look for that reason. If you are not interested in working with him, take a look for that reason. I'll link it down in the show notes, in the bio of this video as well. So you'll be in touch and um, same for me. I'll link my contacts down there as well. So you can reach out to me via Facebook or via my website as well. We're both open uh, to receive you and to see if there is a space for, for us to work with you, if we can truly serve you, right? Is there anything else, any last thing you wanna to tell to those people that might wanna reach out to you that might be curious, but maybe they have a little lost block or a lost often asked question that you could answer just now because you know the questions people ask you.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's such a good question. Well, first of all, um, just like you, uh, I'm always happy to, to chat with people, you know, even if uh, there isn't necessarily a clear idea of why, um, we want. We may want to work together, and and so on. So, um, you know, it's super easy to to book uh, a time to chat with you or with me. Um, I've seen it on on your website as well, and um, and you know, I think as far as I'm concerned, this work of being more fully who we are and welcoming our experience more fully, so that we can grow from it, is something that really we're all in a way. Or another um, dealing with. So uh, if you feel called, um, I, I look forward to connecting with you. And uh, and thanks again, June, for, for the opportunity to share about all of this.
0: Blessings and thank you for joining in. And also thank you everybody who is listening or watching this on YouTube. Please share it with people you think might learn from this as well. Don't withhold this beautiful information. Share the shit out of it. We are appreciative of that. And um, I'll see you in another episode. Or video or on the website or Federico will you see it we'll see you we'll hang out much love thank you for listening to this episode of the vegan change maker podcast please share it with your friends your family your social network and your loved ones if you want to get your impact to the next level i invite you to take the vegan impact quiz I created it to help you figure out what the next steps are for you to elevate your vegan impact and create more significant influence in the world. Check out the link, I left it for you in the show notes, and I'm curious to see where you're gonna land and what your next steps will be. Let's veganize this world together, dear vegan friend.